Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. We're really excited to be with you today and to talk about a topic that is very common to people who are starting to stand in their marriage, and it's the topic of self-righteousness. I know in your story that there was a point where you realized that you had been self-righteous in the way where God opened your eyes, that you were not living for him the way you should be. And I know that that kind of happened when your divorce to my dad and your husband came about when you could look at him and say that he was wrong for being unfaithful. But instead of just pointing the finger at him, God got hold of you and said, Hey, are you living the way I've commanded you to live? Are you growing in me? That is so true, Lori. I really, when Bob was unfaithful and, and not living a Christ-like life and I could see the change in him, the Lord really convicted me after the divorce because I got very angry at Bob and the anger turned into bitterness, turned into hatred, and I did not sense the Holy Spirit convicting me of my sins but I became so blinded and deceived looking at Bob's sins to be the worst than mine. And I did not seek the Lord by going to him and seeking and reading and consuming the Bible to find out what I should do to how to pray to help Bob. And I literally just got so consumed by his behavior that I didn't cry out like I needed to until after my divorce, as I thought I was going to get relief. I wanted to get rid of the pain, the hurt, the shame that I felt uh, with what our reputation was, how it was going to be affected. So you started to realize that it wasn't just about going to church on Sunday and being a good person, that your relationship with Jesus should be much deeper. You should crave time with him. Like we crave time with our loved ones. We crave time with our spouse or our children and we want to sit with them and we want to get to know them better. You started to realize that that's the same relationship that you should be having with Jesus Christ. You are a hundred percent right. Because what happened is I did have that relationship earlier but I let work and busyness, having teenagers and other things come in and consume my time where I put the Lord on second or third in my life. And I did not put him as priority and make time for him to be first in my life instead of all the other things of my life. And that is where I started um, not reading the word faithfully, regularly, not taking and doing a Bible study and doing spiritual growth helps that I needed to do that we teach about. Well, today we're going to hear the story of another woman who happens to also be named Lori. This is our month of Lori podcast because we just shared another testimony from a different Lori. But this Lori that you're going to hear from today, her story is similar where she got wrapped up and feeling like she was being a good person and God really used the situation with her marriage problems to show her the same thing that 
he wanted to do something in her life and he wanted her to have a genuine relationship with him where she was becoming more like him every day. So do you want to read her testimony to us? I am so excited to read Lori's testimony. We love hearing from you people and sharing your testimony. So if you ever want to share, please let us know because we would love to have you contact us because there's nothing like hearing somebody else's story. I'm going to be reading this as Lori has written this to us personally. Lori writes, look for evidence of God in my story, proving over and over that he is who he says he is, and he does do what he says he will do. He's the only reason I can share this. I dedicated my life to God when I was 11. I began studying his word, learning about him. I loved living my life for him and just basically falling in love with him. When I was in my late 20s and early 30s, I was attending a series of Bible studies regularly and eventually began leading them. And I was a good example of a Christian. I know that because the people who attended the Bible studies told me I was. That would be the first of many red flags I did not recognize. I allowed other people's opinions to validate the way I was living my life. They were friends. They meant well. But you know what the Bible says about that. Man only sees the outward appearance. But God, he sees the heart. Somewhere along the way, I began to change from being the young girl that fell in love with God. I drifted away from giving God and his word priority in my life. I began letting my thoughts, which now weren't guided by scriptures anymore, control my actions and emotions. I became bitter and envious. I was turning into what Proverbs refers to twice as a contentious wife. But here's the thing. I did not realize I was becoming this way. I know that sounds like an excuse, and someday I may retract that statement from my testimony, but at this point, I am claiming that I did not see who I was becoming at that time. I was in church every week. My Bible was full of highlighted verses. I was living a very respectful lifestyle from the outward appearance. It was like that little license plate. God is my co-pilot. He was, and I was in the wrong seat. I didn't realize how easily it had become for me to see others' faults, but never my own. Not just the faults of my husband, but of everyone else, too. It's very scary to me now to look back and see how blind I was, because I was such a good Christian. I would pray often for my husband and our marriage. Lord, did you hear what he just said? Do you not see what he's doing? What he won't do for me? Will you just fix him so we can get on with this marriage? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There's another red flag. Listen to that attitude. Did you hear any humility or submission to God there? I didn't know there were scriptures that I could pray for my husband, like, Fill him with all spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Restore unto us the joy of thy salvation. 
Remove our hardened hearts of stones. I did not know about those verses because I was so busy studying for all those Bible studies I was leading. Like my friends said, I was doing a good job all right, a good job of hiding my selfish, prideful, and deceitful heart. So, after having been married for over 20 years, my husband wanted out of our marriage. I wasn't happy either. But we had two children. My parents had divorced, and I did not want to put our children through that. My husband wanted to leave, but when I realized he was serious, I didn't want him to go. I was devastated and scared to death. Even though I wasn't being very faithful to God at that time, he was still faithful to me. With our impending separation, Listen to the scripture the Lord brought before me from a devotional. I read 2 Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat was king of Judah and was in charge of a small army when he received word that there cometh a great multitude against thee. It was actually three armies combined coming against him and his people. There cometh a great multitude against you, and they are on their way. My husband wanted to leave, and there was a great spiritual battle headed my way. And just like King Jehoshaphat, I was outnumbered. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3, begins with, And Jehoshaphat feared. I could relate to that. He feared and he sent himself to seek the Lord. God presented clearly from the beginning what I needed to do as this battle approached. All of a sudden, I found myself in a situation that caused me to set myself to seek him in a way that I had never done before. Then King Jehoshaphat confirmed God's almighty power by saying, O Lord God, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdom of the nations? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? I cannot tell you how many times I prayed the next verse. Lord, we know not what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. God was bringing submission to him back into my heart. And how did God answer King Jehoshaphat? Twice in this passage, God says, Be not afraid nor dismayed of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. How did King Jehoshaphat respond? He appointed singers, singers to sing praises to God. He gave God praise before the battle, not knowing how it would turn out. Don't miss that point. But the singers had to walk ahead of their little, tiny army. Here comes a great multitude against them. I would assume the three armies had discussed a battle plan. But their strongest men on the front lines with their best weapons 
and King Jehoshaphat is sending the glee club out to meet them. How foolish they must have looked. How foolish I looked standing for my marriage through a four-year separation. Sometimes obeying God does look foolish, and it can also be very painful. In my case, I felt very strongly it was God's will for me to stand for this marriage. So if I was going to look foolish and suffer pain, I wanted to be under the protection of God's will, even though it had been a long time since I'd been happy in my marriage. But speaking of being happy, as I look back on this, I realize I wasn't happy because I wasn't living holy. My happiness is not dependent on my husband or our relationship, but on God and my relationship to him. It's hard to share personal stories that are painful. And the only reason I'm going to tell you this next part is to give God the glory. It's one of many examples of God's faithfulness I could share. If you don't think God knows what you are going through, I hope this will cause you to think again. In order for you to understand why it is so special, I need to give you two pieces of background information. Ever since I can remember, I have loved to hold hands. As a child, I liked holding the adult hands because that meant they couldn't walk faster than me and I wouldn't get left behind. When I became a parent, I loved holding my kids' hands because I felt it was a way I could protect them from any danger. And I just loved the contact with them, feeling that little hand in mine. Holding hands means security to me. I don't order things advertised from TV, just not something I do. So with that in mind, a couple of months before Tim left home, we were watching Bill Gaither. He writes and sings gospel music. At the end of the show, he offered a CD. And before I realized what I had done, I ordered that CD. It was in our home within a week, and I began to listen to it often. As the day approached that Tim would be moving out, I had no idea how I was going to get through that day. Before my parents divorced, they separated several times. In their defense, they were trying to work things out. But from my viewpoint as the child, it was just a matter of who would be leaving me this time. Tim's leaving was going to be hard, not only because he was leaving the marriage, but it was also digging up old wounds of being left behind again. But God had said, don't be afraid. Do not be dismayed. The battle will be mine, not yours. When I woke up the morning that Tim would be moving out, immediately, before my first thought of the day, my mind was flooded with the words of a song from that Gaither's CD. That song was loud and clear. It was like standing in the middle of a large choir. I heard that song all day, and it would be the strength from within that carried me through that day. In the name of the song, Hold to God's unchanging hand. Listen to the verse. Trust in him 
who will not leave you, whatsoever the years may bring, if my earthly friend forsaken still more closely to him cling. Hold to his hand, to God's unchanging hand. Do you see what is happening? God was redirecting my focus back to him. I was beginning to realize that God knows. He really knows what I'm going through and what I need. And he did, and he provided over and over again. During that four years of our separation, I was in God's boot camp. And he taught me scriptures that would apply to every emotion and situation that I would encounter. I had been teaching that head knowledge and those Bible studies. Now God was connecting that head knowledge to my heart knowledge, proving how real and living his word really is. God would prove his words to me over and over again. Yes, he is God in heaven. And yes, he does rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. And yes, in his hand is power and might so that none can withstand him. King Jehoshaphat ended up not having to fight that battle after all. Just as God had said, the enemy turned on themselves and it took King Jehoshaphat's people three days to carry away the goods left by the enemy. My husband came home. We became involved at church with opportunities that allowed us to be ministered to as well as giving us the opportunity to help others. We both have received wonderful blessings, both individually and as a couple, as have our adult children. And I believe there are more to come. In closing, I realize it would be easy for you to consider how wrong it was for my husband to walk away from his family. And yes, that was a bad decision. With God, love, mercy, and grace abound. But we don't escape the consequences of disobeying him, and we live with those every day. But if you focus on that, you will have missed the lesson I learned that I want to share with you. In order to make it more personal to you, I want to ask you to do this. Think of one person in your life now that is giving you the most trouble in a relationship. The one you feel is hurting you won't cooperate with you. And if God would just fix them, your relationship could be so much better. Now, Make a mental list of what that person is doing that hurts you. What do they do that annoys you? What are they not doing? How are they hurting you? Got your list? Imagine you have a chance to talk to God about this list. Now listen very carefully. With your list in hand, ask God, have I ever done any of this to you? Here is what I've learned. I found that my relationship with the people I have the most conflict with is sometimes just a mere image of my relationship with God. What they do wrong to me, I've done the same to God. Romans 
chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore you have no excuse, every one of you, who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, But I have this against you. You have left your first love. Tim and I were high school sweethearts. I was his first love, and he was mine. And yes, he walked away from his first love. But you know what? So did I. I walked away from God. But unlike Tim, my sin wasn't so obvious to everyone else. I even fooled myself for a while. Somewhere along the way, I stopped being a doer of the word and became a hearer only. God had to completely break me in order to get my attention. So in the big picture, our separation wasn't just about Tim and me, but about God and me. And I learned that at the foot of the cross, we are all on level ground. Wow, Lori, I love Lori's testimony. And yes, I have to tell you, everybody, I have a son named Tim, but Lori's husband's name is Tim. So if you haven't got confused, I've got a Lori and Tim working with me, my son and daughter, and now we have a Lori and Tim sharing their testimony. As I've read this testimony over and over, I am so relate to her brokenness, especially at the end when she talked about the relationship with her Lord, because that is what can happen to us, is that we get so much pain and suffering watching our husband or wife living in sin that we put ourselves on a pedestal. And it puts us to looking down on them instead of thinking that they have become deceived, blinded, and then taken captive by the enemy being tempted to do any number of things, and instead of crying out to God for him to rescue them, we get self-righteous, as Lori started at the very beginning. Where are you today? It reminds me of the people who have been the prodigal, but then have turned around and are now the ones praying for their marriage. As the prodigal, they were the one running away from their family and running away from God. And at one point they had a spouse at home who was praying for them, but that spouse became weary and grew away from the Lord. And when that prodigal tries to come home, the spouse isn't interested in it. And it's because they've taken their focus off God. One um, other story of that, we hear it often, but one story is, the podcast that we did with Tom and Amy, and you can go back and listen to that episode and hear the same thing that happened in their family. And it can happen in your family. You can become so 
busy trying to be good and focusing on what your spouse is doing that you miss what God wants to do in your life in the midst of this. I also think, Lori, that we put a time on our stand and God obviously uh, does not use a calendar like we do. And I think we count the months and the years and we think God has disappeared in that he's not going to restore our marriage. That is the enemy's lie that is speaking those negative uh, wrong thoughts, lies from the enemy, literally lies from the enemy. And that is where Lori and I really try to write and say to you, keep your eyes on Jesus. Second Peter 3, 8 through 9 tells us how God views time. It says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I love that scripture, Lori. That says it perfectly. Time is not our enemy. And we are just so excited that Lori and Tim shared their testimony of what God has done in their marriage. And we want you to believe that for your marriage. We want you to examine your time with the Lord. Where are you at? We have been under lockdown recently, and it has given me time where I have literally just saturated myself for a period of three or four days that I dedicated to the Lord and said, I want to put you first. I want you to talk to me, speak to me. I want to study your word, do a Bible study. And that's maybe on weekends that I really strongly suggest. When Bob took the children away, I felt those were my most horrendous weekends alone. I didn't see it to be a time for me to have time to have fun, time to do things I've always wanted to do. I allowed the enemy to have me just have a horrible, depressed weekend because I did not have my children. But I had the Lord right there with me. And I want you to beware. The enemy will try to destroy you by thinking of imagining what your husband or wife and the other person are doing. That is from the enemy. Don't fall into that trap. When you face loneliness, ask the Lord what you should do. Instead of hating this time, use this time to grow closer to God. Use this time to spend those three or four days studying the word. When your family is back together and when you're all living under one roof, you're not going to have the time that we have right now. Even through the lockdowns that many people have been under with the coronavirus situation, this is a time where there's a stillness that we're not going to get back. And as much as people don't like it, it does give opportunities like three days to spend reading the Bible. Lori, you are a hundred percent correct. I have been enjoying the stillness to a point where I said, Lord, we're going to do something different and I'm going to be able to remember what I've done 
in this special time that we are restricted that I can remember what I did special with him. And that has been a huge blessing. Absolutely. So ask God not to let this time away from your spouse and these days of loneliness, whether it's one day or a hundred days or a thousand days, ask God not to let it be wasted as you can spend more time getting to know him. Well, I think Lori's testimony has been fantastic. I hope that it ministered to many of you. I hope that it helped reveal to you areas where you maybe are hearing God speak to you about how you can draw closer to him and go back to that first love that you once had. Do you want to close us in prayer? Yes, I would love to. I would love to say a word of what Bob used to always say to me. Let us pray that we never have regrets of things we should have done at the end of our lives, at the end of our, end of our day, end of our week, that we have no regrets. And may I challenge you to think about that, that when you go through a day or a week, think, are there any regrets that I wish I should have done or, or should not have done? And that was a, a word that Bob gave me that the Lord reminds me over and over, do not have regrets. But if you start to feel regrets, ask the Lord, is this you speaking to me? of things I need to change or need to do. So we are just so blessed that Lori and Tim allowed to share their testimony of what God did in Lori's life. And we are just praising the Lord for her transparency. And I love these people that open up and share their transparency to others in their church and to us. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for today. I thank you for this podcast that Lori and Tim shared their testimony. Lori shared her life story and all what God revealed in her heart and her walking with the Lord and realizing that um, she walked with pride in other areas before God touched and changed her totally and completely. I pray you will challenge these people. You know everything about them. You know all their circumstances. You know their pain and suffering. You know the loneliness. You know the highs and the blessings that you're providing for them. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them, guide them, direct them, show them your will, your way. And if they are headed on a detour road, headed on a road that is going to end up in destruction, have you speak loudly to them and to say stop and turn around. And Lord, I pray that you would just have them have a desire. Show them the book you want them to read. Speak to them about a Bible study to do. Lord, we are just surrendering all of our standards to your perfect will way. And may they have a relationship that is going to grow healthy and be fruitful that others are going to say, you look different. You have a glow about you. You seem to just be radiating the Lord and they can share their testimony of the power of God in trials and tribulations. We just give you the praise, Lord. We love you and thank you for Lori and Tim sharing their story. 
and thank you most for this podcast. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.